friends, and welcome to another Cup of Joe podcast on this Friday, September the 15th. And wherever you are, whenever you listen to this, I wish you God's grace. I wish you God's life. I wish you God's goodness. And I just, I want to say thank you for being with me and trusting me uh, to walk with you as we break open the Word of God together. I mean, that is awesome, and I appreciate the the uh, trust, and, and I hope to hold that responsibility well. For those who are new and stumbled ac- across this podcast and you're wondering what on earth is going on, hey, my name is Joe Zink. I am a, uh, for 30 years, I was a lay Catholic minister within the church, uh, Diocese of Green Bay, for many of them, about half of them, uh, other dioceses as well. Um, but now I reside, my wife and I, in uh, Northeast Wisconsin, and every Friday I try to drop the uh, this pod and always, always reading the gospel and sometimes reading the first reading with it, sometimes the second, sometimes neither, kind of depending. But uh, as a way for us to prepare, just to hear the word of God before we're going to go to Mass this weekend and hear the word of God there. Uh, and that way, when, we, when we're at Mass, we've not, we're not being introduced to it for the first time. We can take what the priest or deacon says, combine it with what the Spirit spoke to you about, perhaps what I spoke about, whatever that is, and invite the Spirit of God to, to um, lead you forward where the Spirit of God needs to lead you forward through this Word. And we have to trust, my friends, that God desires to lead us forward and to use the Word to do so. We just have to open ourselves, however that is. And that is as unique as each one of us. So as we prepare, and I'm going to dive into this word here in in moments, however it is you prepare yourself uniquely, uh, that's awesome. I invite you to do that. Whether that's turning off the pod for a moment and and preparing yourself prayerfully, or whether that is, you know, just, um, I don't know. I don't know how you do it. But I just invite you to open yourself, your mind, your spirit, your being, your heart, your, your whatever it is, uh, and invite that spirit to find root within you uh, so you can take this word with you. Enough of the, the prologue, huh? Let's dive into the good stuff, the meat. We're going to hear two readings today. I am going to read first reading, uh, Sirach. It's a lot of just kind of, um, just regular kind of wisdom, very Ecclesiastes type. In fact, the, the book of Sirach is, we may call, hear it called Ecclesiasticus, because it's it's that old kind of just common uh, wisdom, uh, little bits and bites, kind of like uh, Proverbs. Then we're going to hear the gospel, which we'll pick up immediately following our gospel last week. And you'll hear the common thread, not only from the first reading into the gospel, but you're going to hear the common thread from last week's gospel, those who listened into this week's as well. Very obvious. So with that, my friends, I invite you to prepare yourself as we open God's word together. A reading from the book of Sirach. Wrath and anger are hateful things, yet the sinner hugs them tight. The vengeful will suffer the Lord's vengeance, for he remembers their sins in detail. Forgive your neighbor's injustice, that when you pray, your own sins will be forgiven. Could anyone nourish anger against another and expect healing from the Lord? 
Could anyone refuse mercy to another like himself? Can he seek pardon for his own sins? If one who is but flesh cherishes wrath, who will forgive their sins? Remember your last days. Set enmity aside. Remember death and decay and cease from sin. Think of the commandments. Hate not your neighbor. Remember the Most High's covenant and overlook faults. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Peter approached Jesus and asked him, Lord, if my brother sins against me, how often must I forgive? As many as seven times? Jesus answered, I say to you, not seven times, but seventy-seven times. That is why the kingdom of heaven may be likened to a king who decided to settle accounts with his servants. When he began the accounting, a debtor was brought before him who owed him a huge amount. Since he had no way of paying it back, his master ordered him to be sold, along with his wife, his children, and all of his property in payment of the debt. At that, the servant fell down, did him homage, and said, Be patient with me, and I will pay you back in full. Moved with compassion, the master of that servant let him go and forgave him the loan. When that servant had left, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a much smaller amount. He seized him and started to choke him, demanding, Pay back what you owe. Falling to his knees, his fellow servant begged him, Be patient with me and I will pay you back. But he refused. Instead, he had the fellow servant put in prison until he paid back the debt. Now, when his fellow servants saw what had happened, they were deeply disturbed and went to their master and reported the whole affair. His master summoned him and said to him, You wicked servant, I forgave you your entire debt because you begged me to. Should you not have had pity on your fellow servant as I had pity on you? Then in anger, his master handed him over to the torturers until he should pay back the whole debt. So will my heavenly Father do to you unless each of you forgives your brother or sister from their heart. My friends, the Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Now that's one of those Gospels, right? We say praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. And, and it's really good right up until Matthew gets to the end and Matthew does Matthewy things. I mean, somebody in Matthew's gospel has got to get the, the, the short end of the stick. And if you think I'm joking, compare Matthew's gospels versus Mark and Luke, the other synoptics. Somebody in Matthew's always, you know, getting hammered. Well, <laughs> this time it's not only the old bad wicked servant, but it's you and I. I mean, Jesus kind of twists the knife at the end, right? Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. So that's going to happen, you know. So will my Heavenly Father do to you unless each one of you forgives from their heart. Oh, that's all I have to do? <laughs> is, is forgive from my heart? Well, well why didn't you say so? <laughs> didn't need a huge story to, to get there, 
You know, that's easy work, right? <laughs> I don't know about you. That's like the work of a lifetime. And that's, that's a tough line at the end. That's a tough line. Now, I don't, I don't want to dismiss it because it clearly is inviting us to a new place. Even if threat is, is one of the ways it's going to use, because that last line kind of felt a lot like Sirach, right? Better do it right or bad things are going to happen, you know? And that's, again, that's that kind of old school type of wisdom. But Jesus uses this gorgeous story um, to, uh, to, to tell, I think in a really beautiful way, where we're invited into. All right, let's put that on hold for just a second. Let's go back to Sirach, though. Um, okay, so I, I really just want to focus on the first few lines of Sirach um, because I want to draw us into it. Wrath and anger are hateful things, yet the sinner hugs them tight. The vengeful will suffer the Lord's vengeance, for God remembers their sins in detail. And what do the vengeful do, right? They remember the sins of other people in detail, right? And God is only doing to them what they do to others, right? God will remember their sins in detail. Why? Because you know what? This person did something to me back when we were in high school. And here I am 40 years later. In fact, my 40th reunion was last week. Didn't go. Another story for another time. But, uh, you know, 40 years out of high school, and yet I'll still remember those things. And in a sense, I'll re- I mean, I'm, I'm remembering them in detail, you know? And have I let that person out of that prison in which I've placed them because they've been there for the last 40 years, at least in my mind. I haven't allowed them room for growth. You know, I guess my point here is, as I'm just yammering, wrath and anger are hateful things, yet the sinner hugs them tight. How many people do we know that we can look in our life and say, yeah, they love wrath and anger. They whoever they are, you know, and then we can point the finger at them. Again, maybe this is, I, 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 I'm taking what is true for me and I'm kind of throwing it on you and maybe it's not, that's not good to do. But I don't know that I can really look at a whole lot of people and say, ah, oh, they love wrath and anger. They love it. They, so they, this is who Sirach's talking about here. They're the sinners over there because they love wrath and anger. You know, I think really all Sirach's saying here is, you know what? The sinner, the vengeful, they hold on to whatever wrath and anger, whatever wrong was done to them. And we hold on to it, and maybe we become a victim, or we play that card, or we remember it. And we're not going to let anybody else forget that what was done to us when we were 3, or 13, or 30, or last week. I'm not going to let them forget and I sure as heck won't forget that I'm holding on to that. Brothers and sisters, my, my point here is for some people in our lives, we may be the they that they're thinking about and say, you know what? Back X amount of years, you fill in the date. Joe did this to me. And and I 
will forever categorize him in whatever category that is, in whatever prison that is, and there's somebody who is, we won't use the word sinner probably, but jerk, um, hypocrite, um, foolish, wrong, you know, um, uh, you know, just not not living up to the standards. He, he says he talks about whatever it is, right? In somebody's and and more than one, I am certain. In somebody's mind and life, I play that role to them. Just like there are those in my life that play that role to me. My point is, I don't think this world is divided up neatly into the they who love wrath and hateful things and injustice. And we who are clean. We all, as I, as I say many times, are filled with wheat and weeds, right? We all carry blood on our hands, as it were. We're all imperfect. Now, I'm going to say good and bad about that. That's not an okay thing. We don't want to go around hurting people. And, and I don't know my intentions, what they were. Heck, I have a hard enough time sorting my intentions out on decisions that I make every day. I, I, and now I have to go back and, and think of something I did last week or last year or, or 20 years ago. And I don't remember. But I hope my intentions weren't to hurt other people. And if they were, I need to be called out on that. And that's an okay thing. Because, brothers and sisters, that's what, when we are, are, are not living that kingdom idea um, and we're living from our own smallness, our own, you know, self as the center of whatever universe we're a part of, when I live out of that place, I'm going to hurt other people. That's just the way that is. That's the reality Jesus is inviting us out of in the gospel. And he's saying you can choose one reality or the other. And when we live out of the reality of our small self, the reality of my life as being the center of what I'm about, I'm going to make decisions for me. Sometimes those decisions hopefully are going to be okay to you and sometimes they're going to hurt other people. And what our God says is, we need to let go of that. And okay, so so that's just part one, sorry, as, as a little kind of background to get us to the gospel, to get us to what Peter and Jesus are talking about. Listen, Peter is being magnanimous here. We know that. Peter's saying, Lord, how many times uh, must I, I forgive my, my brother or sister? Seven times. I mean, I think scripture only invites him to do it a couple of times. And he's saying, listen, should I do it seven times? That's really a lot. And Jesus is saying, you're either in or you're out. Brothers and sisters, we are either people um, of forgiveness. We are either people that live out of this kingdom reality that are about the reality of God and God's life and God's wisdom and God's essence in the world, and we revolve around that, or we revolve around our own small part. Essentially, Peter's asking, when can I stop forgiving? And essentially, God is saying, Jesus, God through Jesus is saying, never, never forgiveness is what I'm about. And that's where I want to go into the story. Sorry, I know I'm going long and, I, and I'll really try to, to sum it up um, and forgive the rambling. Um, I, I think that would be point one I would invite us to do is say, hey, my friends, just know none of us 
live out of that space where we can judge anybody else. And we have to know that. I don't say that in a way to shame any of you any more than I do me. I think there are times we live out of our small self. And what our God is continually trying to do is invite us to say, no, that's way too small for you, and it's way too small for the world. We got we to... We got to go into that space where forgiveness is always the reality. Not just sometimes until I can go back to gossiping about them, go back to being angry at them, go back to, to holding on to my wrath and hurt, right? And remembering that sin in detail. Our God is inviting us out of that smallness and into a new place. Now, Let's talk about what forgiveness is and what it's not. And I'm just going to do a thumbnail sketch because we're so far into this already. Brothers and sisters, forgiveness, and it, it, it's not a feeling. I mean, there's so often times we can say, listen, you know, forgiveness is important, but you don't know what was done to me. Um, well, but it's not about what we feel. Forgiveness is not a feeling. And, and I got to feel like I have to forgive them first. No. Forgiveness is a decision that we make. Just like love is a decision. We, it's not a sentiment. Forgiveness is not something that we're like, I got to feel it first or I got to like them or and I have to pretend. No, none of that is true. Forgiveness doesn't say what this person did is okay. Forgiveness does not say that I need to be friends with them anymore or I need them in my life. Forgiveness does not say that, uh, okay, let's just forget what this was in the past and let's just move forward and pretend. None of that is true. We can remember what was going on or what happened because you know what? We have to protect ourselves. And, and, and I don't want us to fall into those same dysfunctions. And if forgetting would help us fall into to the past again, that's not okay. That's not okay for you and it's not okay for them, whoever they are. Forgiveness does not mean I need this person in my life. It means simply I wish them well in wherever and whatever that life entails and wherever they are, but it can't be around me right now because that just wouldn't be good for me and wouldn't be good for them. Remember the gospel last week. And, and maybe this is, is you know, uh, well, it's not point number two, but forgiveness is hard work. Forgiveness is hard work. Um, it, and and it's, it's not about, um, oh, just, you know, oh, we just have to forgive and we just say the words and then we move forward. It's, it's, it's doing the work of saying, I choose, I choose not to hold on to this enmity anymore. I choose not to hold on to this um, anger and, and whatever it is, resentment, even though I have a right to do so. You know, some people may say, hey, forgiveness isn't about them, it's about you. And on one level, I think that's true. It's saying, listen, I choose not to, to put myself in this prison anymore. But on another level, I'd say that is not true. Because last week we heard, we have to bind and we have to loose. And some days we have to look at people and say, I do wish you well, but just not around me, not right now. I just can't do that. You know, I, I just need, to, I need boundaries in my life. I guess the last thing I'll say about this, and what I love about this, this story Jesus tells us, is that you know, this person, this first person that was called into the, to the king, um, owed a huge debt, owed a huge debt, fell down before the king, knowing, knowing this person owed a debt. 
And the king listened to the story and was moved with compassion and forgave. Remember how Jesus said last week in the gospel that when there is is something between you and another that we're invited not to talk about the other person with somebody else and gossip, but we're invited to go to them. That's what Jesus shows us in this story. And sometimes, brothers and sisters, when we have the courage, the grace, to go and, and meet with those people, maybe even once, and hear their story as they fall down and ask forgiveness, maybe our hearts will be moved to compassion because we're going to understand their intentions a little more. And maybe that's why Jesus invites them, us, us, into conversation about that. Last thing I'll say, be kind to yourself. Be kind to yourself. Brothers and sisters, we all fall short of the glory of God. I, and and here's, here's the, the story I want to use. I was talking to a friend of mine the other day, and he was talking about a good minister friend that he had. And he said this minister friend, they'd sit down and talk, and the minister friend, all he did was ask questions of this friend of mine um, about his life and all the ways that he had lived his life and all the, the great decisions and poor decisions he'd made. And the minister friend was just in awe of it because all he knew was he'd gone to high school and then he went to college and then went to seminary and became a priest and, and, the, and then lived out of that place the rest of his life. And, and in a sense, that saddens me. Because, and, and, and I don't know this person, so, so it's, there's no judgment in, in terms of the person, but I think, my friends, here's what I'm saying is, when Martin Luther said, when we sin, we should sin boldly. I love that image. Because we can't pretend we haven't sinned then. And we cannot pretend that we're not in need of grace. And I think you and I, once we have felt that grace, once we have understood that grace, once we have had that grace wash over us, and we know we are made new, not by anything we have done, but simply by the magnanimity, by the compassion, by the goodness of God. Once we know that, I think it's easier to live in that space. But I think if we pretend that we live outside of it, that we haven't sinned, that we're not in need of that grace, I think it's harder for us to share it because we don't know it. Once we know it, then I think, brothers and sisters, we can, when we're reminded, we can live out of that space uh, as Jesus invites us to. Not seven times, 77. That's the new reality. And that's what our God invites us into. Let's pray. And so we continue through the sorrowful mysteries, my friends, and we begin in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. The fourth sorrowful mystery, Jesus carries his cross. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, 
now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. O my Jesus, forgive us our sins, save us from the fires of hell, lead all souls to heaven, especially those in most need of thy mercy. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. My friends, bless you again. Thanks for being with me as we break open this word. May your weekend, your week ahead, be filled with every good joy. Be well, and God's peace.